I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Watford FC Buzz podcast. The show where we talk about the greatest team in the land, Watford Football Club. My name is Matt Messiano, and this week I'm delighted to welcome back to the show Jordan Weimer. Jordan, I'll start with the uh, obvious elephant in the room. We've uh, we've just finished watching the game against Barnsley, and it's still hurting. It's pretty raw. I think this performance we've seen today is possibly the worst of of the season from Watford. It's their second defeat, and and they didn't even register a shot on target. One of our listeners, Sean Delaney, has got in touch. His opinion is that Watford couldn't get control of the midfield, and I have to agree with that assessment. But why do you think Watford played poorly today, and 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 why do you think Watford weren't able to get control of the midfield? Well, I mean, let's start off with the the actual application from the players. It wasn't good enough. Um, in a lot of ways, it just we just didn't execute the, the the plan. But on the other side of things, our plan wasn't good either. I mean, you touched on yourself in, in the podcast last week. We all knew how Barnsley would approach the game, and they came out doing exactly that. They put pressure on the midfield in numbers, early, aggressive, and honestly, the first fifteen twenty minutes, we looked shocked by that. Which, unfortunately, you, you shouldn't be shocked by that because it's they're a known quantity. We all know what to expect. So, I think we. I think we lost the game before the game started in the sense that we weren't actually fully prepared. It didn't look like it anyway. And if we were, then we really weren't executing. But from what it looked like, it looked like we expected to play the game with Barnsley being a team down the bottom end of the table and they'd be maybe sitting back and we'd have control of the ball in the field. But ultimately, it wasn't the case and it was never going to be. So I think it was quite disappointing from that perspective. And uh, in terms of the midfield, I mean, tell me if you, if you disagree, but um, I felt like we just couldn't, get control of it and uh, and that's what it's, it's one of those problem areas for, for, for any team to, to sort of sort out but Watford just haven't been able to to get control of it in this game well, I mean this is the the most we were pressed in that midfield area and if you are getting pressed and you're going to try and play through that you have to have players that are confident and quick in possession to do it and unfortunately in Chalaba and Cleverly we don't really have that and Kapu is is able to do that and he'll happily carry the ball which makes it a bit harder for them but I mean you have to you have to do an excellent job of, of playing the ball through the middle to actually get out of that press if you look at their average positions the the Barnsley front line and, and the fielders were, were dropping in and, and making it extremely hard so we had to play out wide and we had to play early and we did do that uh, of course that's that's what Barnsley want you to do uh, as soon as you start hitting them long balls into the channels it, it, you end up in these 1v1s 
with the with our wingers or forwards and their centre backs and full backs and in one on one situations they're going to be pretty confident of winning them winning them duels especially in the air uh, against Pedro and Saar so we did play into their hands but unfortunately if you're not going to play through that midfield then that's the only option you're left with and that's what we had to do but we just in the end didn't actually create enough chances from that not enough good ones anyway Barnsley themselves only had two shots on target as well but before I, I get into that a word on the cracker of a goal from Alex Mauer I mean, he really hit that one. I'm not sure if he intended it to go in, but uh, boy, did he strike it. Yeah, and that's exactly what we're saying is you're not in a position to to play through that middle and you try and, you try and do it and you lose the ball in the end and you get you get hit on the break like that and it makes it very difficult. And if you can't create chances yourself, which Barnsley will struggle to do, you have to force the opposition into making mistakes and they'll make chances for you. And to be fair to Barnsley, they did that very well. Uh, they they came with a they they had a game plan from the beginning and they executed it. So even if it's not the most exciting when they're on the ball, it's effective in some ways. And it, they're not going to win every week, but it will give them chances to do so. We we just fell, we fell to the the first hurdle really, which is just playing through that press and and they uh, they hit us for it. So um, what do you think Watford's plan was to try and combat them because they uh, they obviously knew that's what. That's what Barnsley were going to do. What, what, what were they trying to do then? Go, just, just take it down the wings. Well, this is my problem. Honestly, I'm not sure what we we're trying to do. I, I don't. I didn't see a. I didn't see a plan on the pitch to counter that because the first 10, 15 minutes we looked actually surprised. We were, we were on as soon as we got the ball, we were trying to play it quick. We didn't have players in position to receive the ball. Things were quite. The spacing was quite long. We 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 weren't that close to each other. So you ended up this situation where the ball would come to Kiko or Semer out wide or. You know, Kapu, Chalaba, cleverly, and they just didn't really have that time or option available to them. So they ended up taking the touch and they were shielding the ball, and then they'd have two players around and they'd lose possession. Exactly what Barnsley wanted. So to me, I couldn't see any semblance of a plan from the beginning. It was only after the first 20 minutes or so that we actually started hitting the ball out wide and, and trying to play things a bit more vertical and, and hopefully we could get something there. But I, I don't. I don't think from I've only seen the game once, so I'd have to go back and look. But from what I've seen, I, I couldn't see enough to indicate there was a full plan in place to actually deal with Barnsley, other than uh, just going out there and doing what we normally do. Now, Watford's best chance of the game, in my opinion, fell to Tom Cleverley, who had an opportunity to shoot, but uh, it felt like he just got his foot shape all wrong, and, and what should have been at least a shot on target somehow ended ended up behind the goal. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, he worked a bit of space quite nicely, and he got a shot away. But it wasn't it wasn't coming from a good pattern of play that we've we've been hoping for. I mean, we had some joy down the right hand side. I thought Kiko was our best player by a mile today. Um, we had that connection with him and Saar, but I thought for the most part, apart from Kiko, I thought our attacking uh, attacking force as a unit was pretty poor. I thought Saar and Pedro didn't didn't create enough between them. They, I'm not even sure. I mean, I'm interested to see how many passes they actually play between the two of them because, honestly, this has been my problem with them as a two uh, the whole time, really, is they don't feel like a pair. They're just two two forwards that are playing in those positions. There's no there's no connection between the two and we really struggle to link up in that area. Yeah, and it, it also felt as though Watford seemed almost over-reliant on playing down the right-hand side as well. It just... It felt like it was becoming a bit too predictable and Barnsley were able to read what we were going to do. Yeah, it is predictable, but you have 
that's that's the system we've we've in, we've come up with in the sense that Saar is more comfortable on that right hand side. You can play him as a forward, but he's going to naturally drift out. I'm assuming he's given instructions from Ivic to do so, but that is where he's comfortable. He wants to isolate players and and beat them down the line and hopefully get a cross in or cut into the box and have a shot, which is great. But if you are going to put balls in the box, you've got to have players that are there available to receive it. And there was a moment at the end of the game, uh, one of the last pieces of play we had where Saar mm, broke through yeah. and dinked a cross in uh, to no one effectively and stood there just angrily looking at, at the players in the box. But I mean, the ball wasn't good enough anyway. So it's just a bit ridiculous, isn't it? But I think also too, another telling thing, which I think is a, is a problem when we use Saar in that position was there was another chance not long before that, a similar situation where Saar managed to, to beat two players, get to the byline and pull the ball back. And the two players that were in the box were Chalibur and Cleverly, and that's that's not what we need to be looking at. You've got two players there that shouldn't be um, your most attacking, uh, your play, your best attacking options in in that space. So we weren't organised enough, and uh, I think actually something that Tommy Mooney mentioned on on the Hive Live commentary, which was spot on, is when Sar is beating that man. He is taking the extra touch and getting to the byline, but often at the expense of getting that ball into the box before the, the opposition centre-backs have that time to drop in and close that gap between the goalkeeper and the centre-back. So you, you're really limiting that space. And if Jao Pedro is making that run and trying to get into the box and, and drive to the six-yard box and you're, you're stalling on that cross, by the time you get the ball back in, there are going to be bodies there and it's going to become much harder. So I think there's just a whole that whole section our offensive unit as a whole needs to be improved just in the cohesion it's just not quite been there yet and part of that is down to Barnsley today and part of that is uh, the execution and the actual game plan of us as a team today around the uh, the 75th minute we saw a, a clear change with Gray coming on and and five minutes later he was joined by Hughes as well and and, and we saw a, a change to four at the back with Gray down the middle did that make any difference to the game yeah, I think it made some difference. It became a very, uh, quite a strange formation in the end. Sam didn't really add any re- uh, defensive responsibility. He stayed pretty high and you ended up with Wilmot drifting, kind of covering two positions. And then at some point you had Capu uh, was just sat deep in that centre-back position, just trying to spray that past the right-hand side. Um, so it, it did make a change. Uh, but I think, as a few of us uh, have discussed on Twitter, that I think it is looking increasingly necessary that we do switch to that four at the back, especially as the season goes on. Uh, I understand why we've gone for the three-five-two and the three-four-three with the personnel we've had available, but I do think we're starting to see there's a, a lack of balance there. And I know there are question marks over the left-back position, but at this point, I mm. think we're probably better off improvising at left-back um, without sacrificing the uh, attacking threat um, we need to actually focus more on on that and work as a balance of, a, of the team as a whole rather than worry too much about one position I do think we've got enough there to compensate it's not going to be perfect but if you had to get Kiko going across there and get Akio is more than capable of playing on the right and then if something does to hap- have, uh, does happen we do get an injury then Semmer can have to just going to have to drop in worst case scenario we switch back to the three again but there needs to be a change and I do expect to see it. It just so happens that recently our personnel have definitely pushed us towards this three system. Let's talk uh, through some of the positives then, Jordan, because there's always positives in games. And I thought that uh, Ben Wilmot, who who actually gave the ball away for Barnes' goal, actually had a pretty good game despite that uh, moment. And uh, well, he almost scored twice for the Hornets with, with two headers narrowly missing the target. One that, um, that was very close where it sort of hit the ground and then bounced over the crossbar. What do you think of his game today? Yeah, I thought he did very well overall. I mean, he was unfortunate 
with with the goal. But I know he put a lot of blame on himself in the post match interview. But I think a lot of that's you know I, I respect him doing that, but it's it's not true. He's he's not to blame at all. I thought out of the back three, he handled the ball very well. He looked to play forward, and honestly, he he was one of the more comfortable players under that pressure, and he he was under a lot of pressure at times. Uh, so I thought he put in a pretty mature performance, and uh, in terms of rating the players, I thought he was up there with with the top. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I was impressed with Wilmot, and I think um, other than that, I'd say Kiko stood out. He had a good game. And, yeah, there were some positives to take. Obviously, you're looking at um, individuals and just isolated mm-hmm. spells, but uh, we may, maybe moved the ball in some areas quite nicely. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a frustrating one. You have to look at those individual performances, really, I think. Yeah. I, I, I'd say that uh, Etienne Kapu as well also, uh, you know, he's, he, he every time he... he puts in one of those crossfield balls it's just inch perfect and it's just a shame that Watford wasn't able to take advantage of any of those because they were really well hit yeah they were really well hit and, and he did a, he does a great job with that I, I think the the frustrating thing is we clearly even in that phase of the game we're forced into playing that way we didn't dictate didn't dictate the game Barnsley started to sit back and that was what we would do we would get the ball to Kapoor and we'd try and hit that hit that ball wide and play from there and really we should be able at this point to be more patient and I build up take our time and actually kind of probe the opposition and, and work some work some space and try and find some holes we went to that very early and whilst we had some joy it just Barnsley were relatively comfortable if you go back and watch it again now knowing the result I don't I think you'll you'll see definitely how comfortable Barnsley were in a lot of them situations so where there was uh, some, some, you know, some good execution from Kapoor and his, his crossfield passes that were great, we just didn't really see enough. I'd much rather have seen some uh, combinations through midfield, and I don't think the uh, the switch in midfield um, in terms of the shape really helped too much. Um, we started to we started to play with Chalaber and Cleverly as more advanced players in midfield, and Kapoor would sit deep and he'd pick up the ball and play. But I just don't see enough from especially Chalaba but also Clevy in those positions to to warrant them being them um, more advanced midfielders so when Ghana came on I think that was a positive change and obviously eventually eventually Hughes but it, it did take too long I, I know part of that's due to the injury of Hughes but it, it just wasn't quite quick enough and we just never really got into a into a stride. Well once uh, Gray came on did we see a glimpse of uh, of the plan that Ivic really wants to play with both Pedro and Saar on sort of like those inside forward roles of grey down the grey down the middle is that kind of his sort of number one plan that he wants to put into into force once he once he has the opportunity to do so yeah i think we saw glimpses of it i mean i'm not i'm not sure i'm not convinced that that grey would be the the number one choice for that role but of, of what we have if he's available he would be in there in some fashion i'm, I'm sure but I, I, as i say i think the game plan was so gone by this point i think it was so improvised that we were really just seeing a kind of it wasn't a cohesive strategy. We were just trying to put something out there to try and try and force a chance. So I think it's very hard to read tactically into that second half. Um, I, th- I think we tried to be proactive, but it just came a little too late and we weren't prepared enough from what I can see. So I think we saw some glimpses of that. But in terms of, of judging that, uh, that performance, I mean, it's a bit of a wash for me. I don't think you really see too much that you can you can overly read into because I don't think it really was was a plan as such I, d- I do think we went there with the anticipation of, of performing in the same way we had been and we just weren't able to do that because Barnsley were a really bad match for us uh, they didn't allow us to do that and we had to try and find an alternative and it wasn't really as uh, structured as we'd like so hopefully going forward that's something that we learn from and I don't think that I don't think that Ivic is a stubborn manager I, I do think we'll see change 
I do think he's a good manager. So I I, I expect to see uh, some change in that department. But yeah, as for now, judging today, that's it's a difficult one to uh, to analyse. Well, you mentioned Divic there, and that brings me on to this next question, which um, I don't even really like asking because it it feels it feels very very early to be suggesting this but um i've i've seen comments on twitter so i'm going to ask you the question to to find out what what your opinion is uh, and that's basically people who are who are already calling for for Ivich to 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 go i mean it it just feels it feels like you know we we've, we've seen we've seen some good performances from Watford yes there have been some some lackluster ones and and those are probably more recent in the memory and i can understand why Watford fans are are getting upset because perhaps they expected Watford to be dominating in the second tier after dropping down. But what's your opinion on on the on the potential sacking of Ivic if if that was a, a suggestion? Well, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, yeah, we're, we're so <laughs> we're so early on. We've had a very short preseason. There's been a change a change in personnel. There's lots of change in personnel. We've only re- we haven't even really got our, our actual full squad available to us yet. Especially some of those starters would expect to be involved. And we've got a coach that's come in. He's he's having to change the entire mentality of a squad that just got relegated, which is extremely difficult to do, uh, and can't be undermined. As well as instill a new philosophy and tactical approach um, from from the back to the front. So. He's going to need time, and it's a very competitive league. We're going to drop points. We're not going to. We're not going to win every single game. So there's a, there's a lot there's a lot going on. There's lots of factors in play, and to put it down to Ivic is at this point quite ridiculous. I think. Um, yeah, I, I I I agree with that. I I mean, I I hate asking the question, but uh, you know, when people are putting it out there, you have to you have to you know suggest that as as a as a question yeah. to yourself, and, and and I'm pleased you was you was able to answer that for me. But I mean, I mean the thing is too is you've got you've you've got such a you've got such a transition going on that I understand there's a lack of patience. I understand there's last year was last season was a frustrating season. I think quite honestly, every there's there's a lot of a lot of people that were hoping that at the very least that drop to the championship would be almost refreshing because you'd be going out there and you'd be winning games three 0 and stuff. But it's a competitive league and and the standard the gap in in quality between the the Premier League and the Championship might be big, but they're still professional players. It's still, still a good level of football. So it's teams aren't just going to let you go there and win because you got relegated. There's a lot of work to do and we've seen some promising signs from Ivic and I think for one of the first times it's something I mentioned on on Twitter last week is that we do have a coach that's actually trying to address the problems we have rather than just uh, mask it with with uh, with, a, with a slight change like uh, for example something that Kike Sanchez Flores did when he came in we had defensive issues so he allocated 10 of our players to to play more defensively and get behind the ball that's not actually fixing the problems that's just addressing them in a way which that which hurts you in other areas but Ivic has come in and he's trying to find a balance now we've been unfortunate with availability and, and transfers in some areas but we're trying to get things settled and he's actually trying to build a team from the back and I know it's a bit cliche to say you start from the back and build and build the attack from there but we've kind of had to do that and we've had some struggles but I do think that we are in general, going in the right direction, and to suggest that he is sacked after a few poor results is just a bit embarrassing from us as a fan base, honestly. Yeah, that's right. And 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 uh, 
for those Watford fans out there who are expecting Watford to bounce back at the first time of asking, I mean, just ask uh, Watford's next opponent, Stoke, how difficult that is, because, uh, of course, they've been trying to do it for a little while now and haven't been able to do so. Stoke, who uh, instantly won uh, this afternoon, their game against Rotherham, they finished that 1-0, and they're up to eighth level on points with Watford. Now, it's going to be another tough game, that one, Jordan. Yeah, I think Stoke will be a very tough game. I mean, I feel like I'm saying this about every single game now. When you look at the, you look at the uh, the fixtures, and I just keep thinking that's a tough game. But yeah, I mean they they're in a they're in a good position. Um, that they're, they've actually improved a lot in the last couple of seasons. They've been on quite a good upward trend. Uh, I, I think it'll be a tough one, and it's going to be a real test for us. I think we might have a little bit more room uh, to play our football. We might be able to 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 impose to impose our ourselves in the game a little bit more and hopefully it'll be one that we can actually get some joy out of I mean it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough game but I'm expecting to see an improvement in performance for sure How do you think Watford might look to start that one? Do you think we'll see uh, Hughes and Gray starting from the from the off or, or do you think he would still look to, to, to play them in uh, you know after 45 minutes or so? I mean it's coming very quick, so it, it's possible they both start. I mean, there's a lot of questions. It really depends. I think a lot of it depends on how Ivic, uh, Ivic looks at this game. We just played against Barnsley and how much of it he, he thinks needs to change, whether that's tactic-wise, formation, personnel. There could be so many options. I mean, I really don't know how we're going to look on, 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 the, on the night in terms of lineup, but I, I think there's definitely room for change in formation, change, change in personnel. I expect to see the personnel change anyway. We've definitely seen that throughout the season. We've seen a lot of uh, switching of players just for fitness, uh, not injury-related, but wanting to keep players fresh. So I do expect to see that again. I think a change of formation will definitely be considered. Um, obviously, it's something we want, but I think it may be necessary. Maybe this next game will come a little bit too soon for that. But a lot of it would depend on the availability of others for sure. How would you like to see them try and play? In general or against Stoke? Well, against Stoke, I suppose. But um, I mean, if you've got an in general answer for me as well, you can answer that one too. Yeah, I mean, I think against Stoke, I think we have to we have to try and play off the off the positives we've we've seen so far. I would switch to that four. I think as as a whole, I think we're going to be playing that four at the back, more four two three one sort of sort of sort of style as the season goes on. Anyway, I think a lot of people have thought that from the off based on Ivic's past and his his previous preferences, and that we've been in this system as a kind of backup placeholder until we have players available. It turned out that it was working relatively well at first, so we, so we kept with it, and we didn't quite get the players back, so it, it made sense to keep going. I do think now there could be a change change in mind and, and thinking that it might actually be better just to, to roll with that kind of that makeshift left-back situation and push on from there. So I would like to see us switch to that. I think it provides more balance. I think we can still be stable at the back and still have that solidity, but we do have that that more built-in uh, route of transition, which we just don't have right now. We've, we've seen too much of the ball in those wide areas and too much possession with them outside centre-backs, which is natural in that formation. But we don't we don't have the movement and forward and forward movement of our midfield and, and attacking players to actually make it cohesive enough and, and make us a threat for 90 minutes. So I think the ultimate goal of the next few games will be to, to be creating some chances and actually increase uh, the likelihood of us getting a goal because it has been too few and far between right now. And although we have been winning games, we've still not really been making the amount of chances you'd be expecting. And we've got the players that are there to do it. We have enough quality in the attacking positions to be effective. We just have to kind of release the change a little bit and actually 
actually let them play in those areas. And I think that's going to be the next step over the next five or ten games is to find out a way of making uh, making that attack fire. And a uh, final question, score prediction time for for this one. What do you think? I'm going for a, I'm going for a one-one draw. I'm going to be optimistically pessimistic on this one. I think another one-one draw. Well, I mean, I think I think I'd have definitely taken that today. Unfortunately, yeah, it didn't work yeah. out quite in the same way. Watford have recorded their second loss of the season, but uh, there's still plenty more games to come. And uh, Watford are only sixth, so there's, there's you know, I mean, you shouldn't even really look at the table at this stage. I don't think it's um. You know, it's, it's more about getting those performances, making sure that Watford are playing in the right way. Today was a bad performance, but we've seen good performances so far in the majority of the games from, from Watford. And, and we've seen what Ivich has been trying to build. And I think once he's got his full squad of players back that he's able to work with, and he's close to getting that, we'll start to see the, the Watford team that he really wants to see. And, and I think it's only really around Christmas time when we can start to judge him on, on, on how his season has been. Yeah, and I also think too, I do believe that at this point, performance is more important than the result. I mean, we have to see how we're going to, we have to see the signs of how we're going to play for the season as a whole. It, really, in the Championship, every team is going to lose games for the most part. Uh, we'll be dropping points, others will be dropping points. So you can't get too hung up on this right now. It's more the indication that we see positive um, change coming from the team and just just little just little incremental improvements as the season goes on that's what you want to see honestly for me the frustration comes more from the performance perspective than it does a result because I accept these things will happen um, so yeah I wouldn't get too worried too early there's plenty of time for us to have a good run of form and that can change the complexion of the whole season both positively and negatively so yeah I think don't get carried away just yet um, but don't get too don't get too positive don't get too negative just stay level-headed and, and just see how we progress uh, each individual game really excellent stuff that's the voice of jordan weimer watford analytics and you can follow him on twitter for some more top watford insight at jordan weimer jordan thinks it's going to be a 1-1 against stoke what do you think let me know get your comments in tell me what you think the score is going to be against Stoke tell me what you think about Watford's performance today against Barnsley and what you think they can do to improve against Stoke on Wednesday that's it for today then in this shorter than usual episode due to no Stoke representation being available to talk about Stoke in time for our pod release deadline but hopefully we'll be back to normal for the game against Coventry City from Jordan and myself then Thanks for listening and please share this if you can. It really makes all the difference to getting the word out there and only together can we start a buzz about the Watford Buzz podcast.